0: Good evening. Welcome to Little Hills' very first Christmas Eve service. We're so glad to share this special night with you. As we begin, let us open in prayer. Dear Lord, may the lighting of this Christ candle remind us that the true light came to be among us to dwell as a man. And may we remember also that his light shines through us as Christians. May we, through little hills, be that beacon of light in this dark world. Thank you, Lord, for the greatest gift of all, salvation. The Christ candle we light tonight reminds us that Jesus is the light who came into the world to clear away the darkness of sin and death. As the Apostle John tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Consider the wonder of this. The one we celebrate the birth of created everything. As we light this candle. We are reminded that Jesus not only created the entirety of the world. He offers to make us new as members of his family. As the gospel writer continues. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And now Tim is going to continue our consideration of this wonderful passage and the hope that it gives us.
1: Thank you so much, Joyce, for leading us in completing our Advent wreath by lighting the Christ candle. And thank you to all of you who are joining us that we get to share together in celebrating the birth of our Savior, the birth of Jesus. What an incredible night it is that we spend together reflecting on the promises of God. I so love the Advent wreath especially in a year like this. This year has in many ways felt very dark. We've seen so much uncertainty and fear. And think for a moment about the advent wreath. We started almost a month ago, the Krennings lit that very first candle. And when you have just one candle lit, it's still really pretty dark. And then we lit another candle and another and another. We start to get the warmth and the glow the, the world doesn't feel quite so dark. Our rooms as we light those candles don't feel quite so dark. And then comes the Christ candle. And in that, suddenly there is light. As we reflect on this year that has felt dark and cold many times, I love the picture of thinking about these candles and how it's just like how God throughout all of history has revealed more and more of himself to bring light into the darkness. That first candle is like back at the very beginning when Adam and Eve first chose to sin. They, they walked away from God. God walked in the garden with them, yet they turned and walked into the darkness. They chose a different path, a path they thought would make themselves happier than being with the very Lord of the universe. But what did God do? At the very moment that they fell, he offered the first promise that he would send the solution, that the Savior would come, that Satan would not win this battle. And over time, he sent prophets. He sent his people. He gathered them together so that more and more light would come. Yet it was still dark. And then that moment, 2,000 years ago, that we are celebrating tonight, the Savior was born, Jesus came into the world, God in the flesh came so that we would experience the true light. That scripture that Joyce just took us through speaks of that light, and we're going to think a little bit more about that passage because it helps us to understand the true miracle of Christmas. The true miracle of Christmas is that God refused to leave us in the dark, that just as we've lit these candles, God kept bringing more and more of his light into the world so that we could experience the true light of our God together. Take a look at verse nine of John chapter one. John writes, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came to save the world. He came into a world that was dark and and not dark simply because God hadn't lit it yet, but rather a world in which we had chosen for it to be dark. When Adam and Eve made that choice to to turn away and be disobedient to God, to walk away from fellowship with him, they brought darkness into the world. And generation after generation, we have repeated that pattern of knowingly choosing not to follow what is pleasing to God. I think all of us, whether we're believers or not, have some sense at times that we fall short of our own standards, much less God's standards. Those times that we know that we're compromising, those times that we think, I'm not very pleased with myself at this moment. So even just that most basic sense, we we know that we choose at times not to be light, but to pursue darkness. And in the midst of that, we find that God was willing to come into the world to bring the true light into the world for us, He wasn't just going to peer down and shine a spotlight on the world, but the true light was God with us, Emmanuel, who would come into the world and be with us. We had chosen darkness, but God would not leave us in the darkness. If you've been doing some celebrating over the holidays, maybe some entertaining, we're not doing quite as much of that this year, but just in life in general we run into those times where someone knocks something over and spills it and it's always the absolute worst when the thing that spills is soda because you have that soda and it just goes everywhere it goes on the counter it goes on the table it goes down the cabinet and on the floor and and you 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 grab a rag and you're trying to to wipe it up and you get some soap or some Windex and some water and you're trying all these different things and, and you get done and you set your hand down on the table and it's sticky still. And so you do it all over again. I, I hate cleaning up soda and, and just talking about it makes me feel sticky. But what's even worse than cleaning up soda, it's doing that for somebody, trying to help out, trying to be useful and literally helping someone out of a sticky situation. And then they don't even know it. They don't really even pay attention. They don't seem to be grateful that we were trying to help and that we were willing to get down into the stickiness. Well, here we are in life, and as annoying as that can be when we're trying to clean up an everyday situation for someone, imagine how we spend our lives accumulating those sticky situations. And God offers his cleaning power, his grace, And yet we keep going ahead and making more sticky situations and ignoring the offer of rescue we read as we go on into verse 10 that in fact as the true light came into the world that he was in the world and the world was made through him and yet the world did not know him jesus dwelt on this earth and yes the shepherds came to see him and the wise men and the angels proclaimed to him, but how many people passed the, the, the nativity scene? How many people passed the houses that he was living in as he was growing up? How many people, as he preached and taught and healed people, just ignored him in that moment? And over the centuries, as, as people have testified to the wonder of what Jesus has done, how many times have there been where someone has heard that? They've heard about how Jesus has come to, to wipe away all the stickiness, all the dirt in our lives, and and yet don't even acknowledge it. How often do we do that in our own lives? Whether we confess Jesus every day or, or you tuned in tonight just out of curiosity and you're not really even sure who Jesus is, all of us have made sticky situations in our lives. We've We've messed up. We've fallen short. And yet we choose to continue to live in that darkness rather than turning to the true light. I think it's sort of like a refrigerator light bulb. As you've been preparing for Christmas, maybe you've ordered some wonderful food for Christmas, a nice Christmas ham, maybe made some casseroles or desserts, and we start to load up our refrigerator. And it's wonderful, we open the doors to our refrigerator and you look inside and you can see all these wonderful things, all the snacks and and such that we've accumulated for a holiday weekend and we can see it because there's that wonderful little light bulb up on top that's shining down, allowing us to see everything. And then we have that experience of that light bulb going out. It burns out and suddenly everything is hard to see and it always seems to burn out when our refrigerator is full and it makes it so much harder and you're trying to to sort through it and you knock over the jar of pickles and it gets sticky and then you're trying to clean that up and you're still trying to find what you wanted in the refrigerator. But then after a couple of days, you get kind of used to it. If you're like me, maybe you even forget time after time, you go to the store and you forget to get the light bulb for it. But then you finally remember, you get that light bulb, you screw it in and it's almost shocking. Wow, this, this refrigerator, it's so bright. And that bulb that was dimming and then finally was out, it lured us into sort of a sense of, of comfort. We were used to the darkness and, and now there's light again. It's more than simply becoming accustomed to it because what happens when when light shines sure we now we can see all of our wonderful holiday treats and so on that we have in the refrigerator but we also see that old casserole from last week that's turning into a lab experiment in the back and is growing something or that old bottle of milk that we we sort of stuck off to the side but doesn't smell quite right we s- see that Pickle jar that fell over and, and the the juices that came out of it and the stickiness of the shelves and and just how things aren't quite right. Suddenly that refrigerator that the darkness sort of allowed us to pretend was clean is clearly not. We've grown accustomed to it and and we we sort of yearn for that because at least now we have to confront that. But before we we could just pretend it was okay. Well, we read in scripture that the god of this world, Satan wants us to feel that way in our lives. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, these were the words that Paul writes. He says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You see, Satan would love to tell us just stay in the darkness. You don't need to open up the refrigerator of your life and see that there's the pickle jar that's spilt and and this old casserole that's rotten and how everything is out of order and not really how it should be. Just leave it off. If you started to screw in that light bulb and, and you've been reading some of God's word and you're feeling convicted by it, just unscrew that light bulb before it makes you feel too bad. And maybe that's you if you are just tuning in tonight and... You normally don't really want to go to a Christmas Eve service or any church service or read God's word because you you read it and it just makes you feel bad you you realize like all of us that we have those messy refrigerators in our life and it's so much more comfortable not to confront that. I think all of us at times really just want to close God's word and walk away from what his word says because it's too uncomfortable to see those messy shelves. And we think, why do I want to do this to myself? Why do I want to be convicted of these things and and see clearly in the light if God's promise, if the miracle of Christmas is that, that God turns on a light bulb and lets me see how my life is messed up, why do I want to do that? Then I just realize that he'd never want anything to do with me. But that's not what we read in Scripture. You see, the story doesn't end just that the the true light came into the world and, and people wanted to go off into the darkness and didn't want to recognize him. It goes on from there, and we see that in verses 12 and 13. John says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We see in this more than even just an offer to say, God, let me experience your light. Take me out of the darkness. Because in itself, that could be a very scary prayer. A prayer to, to see God's holiness in his light and to realize how f- far short we fall sounds like not a joyful Christmas day, but a time that we probably just want to run away from. That's true of all of us. It's not that the light came into the world for those who have the perfect organized refrigerators. All of us have those messed up, dirty, filthy refrigerators. But What did he do? He didn't come in and screw in the light bulb and walk away and say, okay, now go ahead and have a nice life. Go clean out your refrigerator and see if you can straighten up enough that I'd ever want to come over. That's not what God said. Instead we see he does more. Yes, the true light came into the world to, to get rid of that darkness. But then he invited us into his presence and he doesn't just invite us into his presence like if you've ever been invited to a holiday party and and you're not really sure why you're even there and there's all these people that seem like they belong and they fit in and they know each other and we're sort of off in the corner standing awkwardly wondering why am I here? No. What do we see? He did it so that we could become children of God, sons and daughters of the living God, that that we come in and we have a place at the table. There's a a, a place setting just for us and our our favorite holiday foods are right there because God loves us, that we're his family. That's what he did. He turns that light bulb on in the refrigerator, but then he goes and starts taking out all the dirty stuff and throwing it in the trash for us and, and restocking it with wonderful things. It's an invitation to so much more and simply to come out of the darkness. This year is probably going to feel a little weird at Christmas for all of us. As we go into tomorrow and we prepare for Christmas dinner, most of us are probably going to have that chair or chairs at our table that, that are conspicuously empty. Whether it's someone who's died this past year and we mourn the loss of that person, that always makes Christmas season hard or it's simply that we've chosen that we have to stay apart because we're trying to keep each other safe in the midst of the pandemic. Whatever it might be, maybe it's family conflict, whatever it is, we approach Christmas dinner tomorrow and and we have this sense that things aren't quite right. And as we look at that table, my prayer for all of us is that we wouldn't just say, well, things aren't quite right and hopefully 2021 will be better. We focus on that, but instead we'd say, this is a reminder to me that the light bulbs of life are unscrewed they're burnt out but god isn't leaving us there he's screwing those light bulbs in those brand new bright everlasting light bulbs and that yes the family dinner might not be quite right and as the years go on and there are those that that pass away that we miss at that table and christmas dinner never quite feels right that that's not the end of the story You see, God invites us to a far better Christmas dinner. As Jesus prepared the Last Supper for his disciples, he said these words in Matthew chapter 26. Verse 29, he says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. We turn to Revelation 19, verse 9. We read this, And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. You see, as Jesus prepared the Lord's Supper for the very first time at that last supper, he said someday his disciples, and by extension all of us who follow him, would actually get to come into his presence for a banquet. And that's what we read about in Revelation 19, the wedding feast of the Lamb, someday, we won't just have a few people at our Christmas dinner. There'll be a banquet beyond all compare. That whatever beautiful lights and candles and decorations we might put out on our holiday table tomorrow, it will not even begin to match the beauty of coming into the true light and his light being the light at the banquet. As we, we look around and we see this vast banquet with, with brothers and sisters in Christ that, that the Lamb has redeemed, that Jesus, the true light of the world, All these people who had their refrigerators of life all messed up and he cleaned out and made new. You see, the the miracle of of Christmas isn't just the light of the world was there in Bethlehem. It wasn't just that God dwelt on this earth for a moment and brought light into the darkness. It's that that light, as he came into the world, came in to invite us into his presence, not to push us away. He came to rescue us, to let us experience the true joy of his light. And someday, not necessarily tomorrow at our Christmas dinners, but someday we will enter into the most amazing family gathering ever as we come as those who have been invited into the family of God. And we come before our Heavenly Father and the true light of the world shines and our faces are lit by that light, and we rejoice and we feast with him. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for sending your son into the world, the true light. And thank you for not just sending him in to to show in contrast the darkness in our lives, the the disorder on our shelves of life that that seem just out of place or sticky or dirty, More than that, to to offer us cleansing, to offer us renewal, to offer to make us new. To not just make us neutral towards you even, but to to adopt us as sons and daughters. that, That we can actually look forward to the day that we sit at that beautiful banquet table with the family of God. What an incredible promise you offer us. And Lord, tonight would you help each of us to go into Christmas Day with that being our joy, that being our hope. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we reflect on those promises, let us take a moment, and our worship leader, Melanie, is going to perform for us a brand new arrangement of O Holy Night. And as we listen to those beautiful words of that hymn, let us take a moment and just think about that holy night that wondrous night in which our Savior was born and reflect on those promises which he has given to you and to me. Oh,
2: holy night, the stars were brightly shining
1: So much, Melanie, for sharing that with us, for allowing us to enter into that moment and to picture and feel that holy night. I so love the hymn, O holy night. Think about this line for just a moment. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Here we are on one of the shortest days of the year, on a cold winter's night. But we know that tomorrow morning the sun will come up and there'll be this beautiful Christmas day. But my prayer for you, and if you've never experienced this, I hope you do tonight, is that the hope isn't merely in the sun rising tomorrow, but that you would know the true light, the Son of the living God who came into the world. Because as we experience that, we're not just looking forward to another day that might be cloudy or rainy or it might have a blue sky. But we're looking forward to a far more wonderful and glorious morn, the morn in which the Son of God returns and invites us to that banquet. Don't let another Christmas day come without that joy being in your life. And if you would like, I would love to have you send me an email so I can pray with you about that. Because what joy it is that we share when we come into his presence and we come and we take all the the stuff that's in our life that might make us want to run away from him, and instead we see that he came into the world fully aware of that, ready to take it out of our hands and to call us into his home and to call us one of his. I hope you experience that today. And for those of us who have believed for years and have known him, I still pray the same thing because so often... Even when we know that Jesus has come to save us, we we still kind of want to hide part of our refrigerator of life and, and we're just embarrassed about the mold growing on that casserole. But may we go into this Christmas reflecting on that wondrous morn to come. The light that we celebrate tonight is a light for all of us. And may we let those things be cleaned out by him because we know as we enter into 2021, whatever comes, whether it's a great year, whether it's another difficult year, whatever it might bring, we can go with the savior walking with us and calling us his own. And that is the true joy of the light coming into the world. Over the coming days, we're going to have some wonderful opportunities to continue to reflect on that light. Starting tomorrow, Christmas day, we're going to begin at 12 days of Christmas adventure together. And I hope that you'll join me on this. Take a moment longer before you take down the decorations. Don't just go past Christmas and the next day reset and start looking towards the rest of the cold, dark winter. Leave the lights on, leave the decorations up and spend a few days just meditating on the wonder of God's promises. That's what we'll do. There's a little booklet you can go on our website and download and it'll take us through a journey of scripture looking at the light of the world and what he has done for us and that light that he offers into our lives. I think this year more than ever, we really need to take that time and be reminded of the light who is with us. So I hope that you'll join me on that journey over the next 12 days. Also on Monday, we are going to pick up and wrap up our series, The Weary World Rejoices, that line straight from Oh Holy Night that Melanie just led us through. We're going to look at the story of Simeon and Anna, two people who spent their entire lives anticipating the coming of that light into the world. And we see the joy that they have as they, they see this young child that they know is the promised Messiah. And I think as we look at their lives, it speaks a lot about what we're called to do as we go into this next year reflecting on how that light has come into the world for you and for me. So I hope you'll join me next Monday night at 7 p.m. for that. You can read about all these things and also go and relive other parts of the Christmas season that we've celebrated together by going to Little Hills dot church slash christmas and on top of that you'll see a link on there for oh christmas stream and that's something we're doing with the other faith tree partner churches we've all contributed content different songs and little scriptural devotionals and we have some wonderful fireplace scenes and some old faith tree services it's a wonderful way you can go on christmas day the day after christmas the day after that all christmas weekend and if you have a quiet moment that just feels a little lonely or sad or a time that you just need to be reminded of the joy of Christmas, you need to hear some celebratory singing about Christmas, I hope you'll just turn that on and that it can be an encouragement to you all this weekend. I think it'll be a great time to reflect on God's promises. I hope that you have a wonderful and blessed Christmas, and I I hope that this Christmas is truly the merriest Christmas you've ever had. Not because everything comes together perfectly tomorrow, although I hope that for you, because as we reflect on the light that has come into the world, that you know that that light is with you. And as you reflect on how that light is there with you and has called you into his presence, that you are invited to that ultimate Christmas celebration someday. As you hold on to that, it is truly a Merry Christmas for you. Have a very, very Merry Christmas.